I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participation restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Talk of the Tune, a Newcastle United podcast. My name is Will and this week I'm joined by my good pals and co-hosts, Hoji and Gray. How are you, lads? Very good. Hola. I can't imagine I'm as refreshed as you, Gray. What were you up to yesterday that meant you couldn't go to the match? I had a little spa day. You can tell he's cracking up as he says it because he knows how ridiculous it sounds. I know. <laughs> I got Steph a spa day for her birthday last year. And then when we booked it, there is no football fixture on the Saturday. But then the Premier League very kindly moved our fixture. Yeah, lovely. Damn Premier League. It's such a bloke thing to do, isn't it? I got it for the missus. If you want to go to a spa, Gray, you can go to a spa. Own it's it. 2024, lad. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was deep down hoping she would invite me, but I didn't expect the invite. So, uh, yeah. Was it cucumbers on the eyes, all that jazz, or was it like pool and massage? Just nice little rooftop pool, spa, got a massage, some weird symbol thing at the end, which just I didn't understand. What, like a gong? That poor masseuse. Why poor masseuse? <laughs> You're fucking hairy back, Grace. <laughs> I was, it was all, it was all uh, shaved off before, so she didn't have to deal with it. You're so considerate. Well, great spa treatment meant that you got the call up to go to the match yesterday, Hodge. Are you glad you did? Early birthday present, might I add. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was actually, honestly, I thought it was a really good game. I know that it didn't quite go our way, but I was quite entertained, which is quite a, a rarity at St. James's Park over the last couple of games. In the recent years, Newcastle United Man City has actually been a really exciting fixture. We've always given them a good game and we've got some good results against them over the years. We've not beaten them into like 36 games, though, have we? But in the cup, we have. I don't know, in the cup, in the league, we think yeah. we've got some horrendous record. What about last year when Trippier scored that free kick? We drew with them, didn't we? That a draw? Yeah, 3-3, three, three, yeah. It was, wasn't it? Felt like a win. That shows you, doesn't it, playing against Man City. <laughs> Might not be the most fruitful fixture for us, but at least it's entertaining. We'd obviously done them over once already this season in the League Cup that we've now been dumped out of. And unfortunately, we've extended our winless run. Just looking at it, I think that's four wins at least on the bounce. But I think... Uh, Eddie Howe's in a bit of trouble. We've hit a bit of a rut this season. First time we've lost successive home games as well under Eddie Howe. Oh, it's depressing, isn't it? Against the mighty Man City and the mighty Nottingham Forest. <laughs> Jokes, isn't it? <laughs> Chris fucking Wood masterclass. Mad that. I mean, Hodge, back to your positive point, though. Two excellent goal scores and an excellent first half, you would argue. Yeah, for sure. I think the first couple of minutes was obviously... 
let's try and press. And obviously that's what they do as well. We had a really good chance very early on where I think Miggy charged down Edison where he kind of feigned some sort of injury as well. But it was a bit rushed, I think. That was the kind of feeling that I got straight after because I think, well, Gordon could have probably had a shot straight away, but tried to play it back inside to Miggy. Miggy was going to have a go with his right foot. Then Bruno went, no, don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Tried to have a go, let it roll over his cross his body and kind of scuff the shot. And I think a bit more cooler, calmer heads in that position would have definitely made it 1-0 to us, which would have been an absolute amazing start, absolutely lightning. Edison was getting terribly booed (laughs) from the moment uh, he started with his first injury and then for when he kept lying down on the floor and added eight minutes to the end of the first half. Yeah, ridiculous. Uh, it's absolutely mad. And then Isaac with an absolute fantastic finish, but shout out to Shaw. He made one oh, or two tackle. very good, yeah, yeah, very good little block slash tackles, which then fed into Bruno and Bruno first time over the top was a, a pinpoint accurate ball. And how calm was Isaac? Just a little cut oh back inside God. and hit it within a millisecond and it was a fantastic finish. The man's made of literal ice. He's so cool, man. But I think he has that confidence. He's on such a good run. He's now up for 20 Premier League goals now. He is such a bagsman. Best striker Newcastle's had since Alan Shearer? Question mark, Gray? I think it's hard to say no, but then, I mean, you're comparing him to like Denver Parr, Cissé, I mean, even Rondon in that season... A couple of seasons we had him, scored some very important goals, but I mean... Uh, I love when Gray loses all credibility on a podcast by comparing <laughs> Alexander Isaac to Solomon Rondon. Yeah, but he's, he's, scored, he's scored some really good goals for us and really important goals Was he goals up there with us. Leon Best as well? I mean, Leon Best, hat-trick against Coventry City, <laughs> goes down as one of the best, but... It was very No, good. I think he's not Shearer calibre just yet. I mean, let's see him bag 200 goals and then we can start probably putting him in that echelon of players. He's already matched last year's tally in less yeah. games. I think goals per minute, he's yeah. way ahead of anyone, isn't he? He's, just he's incredible. excellent. He is absolutely brilliant, honestly. I think he's the best striker we've had since here. And make an early call there. We've had some fantastic strikers, as you say. But Michael Owen. That, that rat. <laughs> that fucking rat. I told you not to bring up his <laughs> fucking start name him. on this podcast. Don't, don't start him up. I hate that little <laughs> Anyway, it all started with Fabian Scher's fantastic tackle and then he progresses the ball and that first time ball over the top from Bruno was inspired. I thought Bruno had a really, really good first half. Lots of Man City fans kicking off saying he's lucky to be on the pitch for some of his tackles. Because he stood on Rodri's foot. Yeah, exactly. But absolutely fantastic ball over the top first time and as you say, Hodge, very cool to put it away. And then the wind was in our sails. Anthony Gordon I think it comes from decent play from Dan Byrne on the left-hand side, pumps up the pitch, Gordon chases it down, cuts in with a fantastic curving shot, finds the side netting. It was actually Isaac that makes the first tackle, which then the ball comes out to Byrne as well. That's what it was. Yeah, he pressed wow. really well. He, I mean, he was knackered by the end of the game, but yeah, in that first first half, he was here, there and everywhere. They were excellent. Yeah, the really, really good goal. And I was just thinking, just see it through to half time. See it through to half time. We've got to make it through because that was something that we're really bad at doing is holding on to the result and trying to maintain result going into half time. Thankfully, we did. But also, just going back to it, horrendous goal to concede the first one. Absolutely fantastic finish from Bernardo Silva. That is so cool to do that with a little, like, what do you call it? Like a back heel, Iosi Perez esque. Really woeful defending and work on that on what is our left hand side. Kyle Walker just had the entire pitch to himself. I think Gordon, who'd been pushed off the pitch further up, was still whinging about it and not tracking back. 
Dan Byrne's been pulled inside. And as I say, if you give Carl Walker the freedom in the city of Newcastle, he's going to fucking put a fantastic ball in the box. And there we go, 1-0 down. Great. What were your thoughts on the goal that we conceded? First of all, I did think it was a foul on Gordon. I don't know what you guys thought. I did too, yeah, 100%. So Ruben Diaz just puts his arm across and just pushes him off almost into the camera, which is then he's off the pitch injured. City, fair place, and they kept the ball in, kept the ball alive. Do what they do. The players off the pitch, you'd expect your team to play on. But when he's still not back on the pitch, for what was probably a good two minutes, surely there's got to be some sort of question going off there saying yeah maybe we should put the ball out of play make it a fair contest I mean it's already an unfair contest playing against 11 world class players I say 11 world class players like 21 world class players when you look at their bench as well but I mean yeah you can't give them time or space to walk it and I mean they just exposed that gap with Gordon being off the pitch really really well credit to them for that but it's a little bit unjust that call very much rose tinted glasses on there. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you just play on, don't you? There's absolutely nothing and no whinging is going to overturn a referee's decision as much as they are arrogant assholes. Like, you're not going to overturn that decision, so just play on. And I don't know, I think Byrne should have pushed out further left. He got dragged inside far too much. It's just a really disappointing one to concede. And then not soon after that, Dubravka makes a really good save to keep it at 1-0 and we find our way back into the game. I mean, I did quite enjoy Byrne going over to all the City players and just having a little oh, chin yeah. back to say, yeah, you, like, you shouldn't have done that or this, like, point their finger and things <laughs> like that. I was just like, yeah, go on, Byrne. You're not going to change anything there. Such an intimidating bloke, isn't he? Can you imagine <laughs> just him bouncing over to you? Fucking With hell. negative digits. And Phil Foden, like, looking up at him, just like, <laughs> he'd get a bad neck. He'd look like he was Dan Byrne's son, wouldn't he? <laughs> it looks like a mascot for him or something. I thought one thing that was really disappointing throughout the entire match, and it hugely frustrated me when we played Man City last at the Emirates, was, again, people like Foden, Rodri, and Kevin De Bruyne, when he came on, had so much space between midfield and our back four they were just popping balls into that space between the lines and just allowing the Man City players to do what they want. I thought it might have been a tactic from Howe of some sort, right? Let them do it, let them be comfortable. But just how easily they were getting that ball in between the lines and finding Foden who could then turn and play off a dangerous ball or have a shot or whatever. And it was ultimately our downfall twice in the second half. How can we not notice that and make a change to address that? I mean, I felt Sean Longstaff was an absolute fucking passenger in that game. I thought Bruno was fantastic. I thought Miley had a good game, but I can't remember Longstaff doing anything apart from the goal that was ruled as offside. I can't remember him having any input or <laughs> contribution to that game at all, Hodge. I don't know if you felt differently being at the stadium, but the world just seemed to be passing him by. Yeah, I think he looked a bit off the pace and I don't really think Bruno had as good a game as what people think neither. I think there was there was definitely parts of the game where he was looking really good, but then he was fluctuating between an eight and a four, <laughs> I think really between kind of passages of play. But just to go on your point there of City finding so much space in between the, our midfield and our back four, I don't think that's a tactic by how, I just think that's how good City are. They do it against other teams. It's just the way that they're so fluid around the ball and the players constantly doing the right things at the right time and it gets them into these positions. They're just so well drilled. But just drop someone back, you know, if you have someone well, who's playing I, like a six. Yeah, but we don't really have anyone that is really a true out-and-out out six, though. I think that's where we've 
we have said this in the past and said this is the position that we're probably going to really need to bring someone in. And I think Calvin Phillips would be a very good candidate for that role. But I mean, who who do you put there? You can't put, put Bruno there once he's on a yellow card because he's going to kill somebody. Drop Longstaff back. Have him actually do something. It's having a shit game, so where are you going to place him in there? Are you going to bring maybe Lascelles on or put someone in the centre-back and push Shaw into that little role there, maybe? It's like, mm. I, d- I don't know. Tactically, I think we did okay. It's just City, like I say, I think they're just too good in that area of finding space. I know, but it was like an ocean of space and mm. you know, it really shows the difference when City are able to bring on Kevin De Bruyne and we've got two goalkeepers <laughs> on our bench. Like it, It's an absolute joke at the minute. It's maybe something that Tonali could have played or he could have slotted into that, but I know he prefers to be a bit further up. He's more of an eight. But I think it was just really, it was there to be seen because both goals that City scored in the second half were as a result of finding space about 30 yards out, just completely unmarked. So KDB is able to just pick his spot after picking the ball up in that area um, to make it 2-2. And then he does the same. He's totally unmarked. No one closing him down. And he puts that ball in for Oscar Bob to kill the game, which is super frustrating. But he's a fantastic player. He really made a huge difference to the game. But we're, we're not a Man City podcast, uh, unfortunately, at the minute. But frustrations from you, Gray, the way the game played out? I think so. It's happened before in exactly the same way. I've said it numerous times about that Liverpool game when they were down to 10 men, they brought Jota on and basically he played that De Bruyne role between the lines, picked the ball that ran at us, made that pass to Nunes, who's then went underscored. It's almost identical scenario to that and just shows how important a world-class number six is. You look at Rodri, he just sweeps up so well in front of their back four. Look at someone like Rice, and are banged on about him for ages in the summer, like how well he just covers the ground in front of the back four. But I think the way we set up is we've got Bruno lying way too deep. So we need that kind of proper disruptor, that nuisance person in that number six role playing deep, but someone who's also got the quality on the ball, which I don't think, I just think is very hard to come across. But I mean, I think we seriously missed Joe Linton yesterday. I was just so I think say that. His, yeah. his covering runs are so underrated and just some of the last ditch tackles he puts in and if not it's a foul and he almost stops that builder play so I think you really really missed him yesterday yeah I was just going to say that actually he's out for six weeks now adds to our fucking depressing list of of injuries and absentees Harvey Barnes with this incredibly obscure injury that's keeping him out for longer and longer will it get pushed back Jacob Murphy should be back towards the end of this month which is probably going to help on that right hand side bit of depth bit of rotation but Jesus Christ like you talk about bringing in a world class number six Gray but can we afford to all the noise coming out at the minute is that we're we're absolutely shackled by FFP and it's going to have to be some kind of creative loan I think yeah, so I mean, our accounts got released the other day, didn't they? Very healthy. Depends how you look at it, I suppose. But I think we should have some flexibility there. You could almost look at Everton and say, is bringing in a world-class player worth a 10-point deduction? Potentially. I think next year, once we've got the sponsorship revenue from things like Adidas, the amount of our commercial revenue, did it almost double? 
if not 40 percent which is just nuts if we can keep going that way then we should have plenty of money to play with but at the minute i think we are a bit tired are we yeah because this year doesn't include adidas doesn't include seller and doesn't include champions league so that was for last year's revenue so this year already should be much healthier than that i think it was 250 million quid revenue generated in a year which as i say is 39 40 percent up on the year before so i think it's looking healthy but hodge do you think we'll see anything obviously the talk of calvin phillips has been there ever since well it's been there for a few months now but nothing seems to be moving no i think the smartest play is loans i think right now and then we look to do a bit more business in the summertime maybe when we actually have probably a, a longer run into something i think we just need kind of like quick fixes at this point, Calvin Phillips would be great, but I think they're wanting a silly amount of money for a, a loan fee, something like four hundred thousand pound or something. Like that. Seven and a half million. million. There's a seven and a half million. Oh, fucking hell, I was way off then, but it's I don't get it. Like he's not getting utilised by them at all. So what is the pull? They were worried about a drop in value. So if he's playing football, they were worried that his value would dramatically drop, which is why they're asking for a seven and a half million. It's so stupid. I really don't get it. If he's got any chance at getting some first team football, then maybe he's but. They're going to probably have to take a loss on him anyway because we're not going to pay anywhere near how much they paid for him if you are going to take them off the hands in the summer if he has a little loan. like Yeah, loans for me, I think, is the only way forward here. I don't envision anyone coming on a permanent unless they're a, an older head that we kind of get on a very cheeky deal, I guess, to uh, then only have them for six to 12 months. It's an interesting one. We'll come on to that in the second half of the podcast, but I think it's probably worth going to a quick break now. So we'll see you in a second. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app, at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And we're back. Right, we'll probably do the, the social plugs quickly first. So you can find our podcast on all major podcasting platforms, Acast, Spotify, Apple Podcast, etc., etc. We'd really appreciate it if you could give us a follow and if you're feeling super generous, a five-star rating or review. And you can find our podcast on Twitter at TOTT Podcast, on Instagram at TOTT underscore podcast, and on Facebook by searching for Talk of the Tune Podcast. Thanks very much. Go and give us a follow. So we find ourselves in quite a predicament at the minute, don't we? Four defeats on the bounce. Big question is, do we think Eddie Howe can get us out of this rut? Hodge, does he still have your full support? Yeah, I think so. We've seen flashes in the last couple of games that I think if we take into the next couple of fixtures against like people like Luton and hopefully turn our fortunes around against Nottingham Forest, I think we can definitely see victories there. And then a couple of the games that are going to be coming in where teams are on bad form, I think we stick with him. I think people have been saying he's he's coming under a bit of pressure, but I think his job's well and truly safe at Newcastle, especially until the end of the season. I can't see any rash movements from the owners. Uh, second question, do you think our our hopes of European football have been well and truly dashed? Yeah, I think that's over, <laughs> to be honest. 
I don't really see teams ahead of us cocking up too much. If we do get it, it's obviously going to be a mental run from this point on to the end of the season, but I don't think so. I think our only chance at getting some sort of chance at European football would be an FA Cup victory, but I don't think that's going yeah. to be coming our way. No, no, just, uh, I was just going to say that as well. There's an 11-point gulf between us and Tottenham in fifth place, the Europa League spot. So well, it might be extended down to fifth and sixth, right, if one of the top four win the FA Cup. I think that's how it works. Or is it Champions League? It's like based on number of points a league has, depending on number of spots you get in the Champions League. I don't fucking know. But Gray, what, what are your thoughts on our aspirations for European football? I mean, I don't think we should rule anything out in it. You look at the way we competed against the best team in the world yesterday. To have a bare bones 11 and a bench full of goalkeepers and defenders <laughs> who would struggle to get onto the bench in most other Premier League teams. I think you've got to give Howe some credit there. Once we get back to having just two or three would be lovely attacking subs like like some Barnes, Willick, even Jacob Murphy, who'd have thought we'd be saying that a couple of years ago, coming off the bench, fresh legs, will be huge for us. And one thing which I'm lucky at the minute is a lot of teams around us are also dropping points you look at Villa today I know Villa are in a different league to us fights the Champions League but I mean they drew to Everton Spurs and Man United drew today there is still opportunity there and if we it's the classic if we can beat the teams around us we will start climbing this league really really quickly we're only three points behind sixth place is it from memory four points but yeah so we're not we're not far off the way we played yesterday gives me so much confidence that we can climb the table again and turn things around. We just need some attacking players to fit. I'm, I'm wrong as well. I got it wrong again. My maths is terrible. We're six points off West Ham and sixth currently. But yes, I get that. I like your optimism, but we have also just lost to Luton and Nottingham Forest, which are two games that we were saying before Christmas that we absolutely had to win with this run of fixtures. Obviously, good to get the moral victory against Sunderland. Scum and promising signs I agree to fantastic goals scored by Newcastle yesterday it's fucking rinse and repeat at the minute isn't it just depth letting us down don't have those options to be bringing on yada 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 need injuries to be reduced Hodge was just saying when we're in our little break there that well might be in grey can't remember that we just sacked our head of physio do you think it's because we're getting so many injuries that he's been sacked like we can only speculate, obviously. We have no idea, first of all, about how it's run, and second of all, any real understanding of medical issues. But do you think it's literally just down to a performance thing? Is he the scapegoat? The sacrificial lamb? Do you think we try and bring in like a world-leading head of physio? Is that going to sort our problems? Ready, start. Exactly. I mean, but yeah, Hodge has a, a good understanding of this kind of thing. Well, more so than we do, anyway. So kind of insight that I know about like Premier League and Championship physios from a pal who works at Wolverhampton Wanderers now. Moved to there from Brentford because the pressure from Brentford was always the hierarchy and the manager would always constantly push, 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 try and get players back. Even if the physios and doctor went, he's not going to be ready for another two weeks, they would just do it anyway. So I don't know if it maybe is just a bit of a thing where he's gone. I'm under so much fucking pressure here and the club are wanting players, but I've got no answers. It might have just been a bit too much of a, a thing and the club might have not heard enough yeses from him. It could be a lot of things, but that's something that I know has happened in the past. 
it's a funny one though because who who knows who actually knows he might have got a, a good offer from somewhere else and thought yeah go on then I'll, I'll dip out true I've got a slightly different view if you misdiagnose a torn ACL or a ruptured ACL like Sven Botman had and played on for two more games after that knee injury any medical professional should be able to spot a ruptured ACL it's not a minor injury yet he played on for two more games and then ended up for a more severe injury surely it would go to the problem where wherever he got his scans from as well as the physio surely it's not just the physio or head of physio's fault for that like they don't have their own the only physio to spot it and then identify it then go off for scans if it's a club doctor then obviously it should rest on his head it depends on who's responsible for the diagnosis and for spotting these issues the physio should be hands-on with these players He'll probably be doing sports massages on these people daily in terms of recovery. He should be able to spot if there's any slight weakness in the knee. Or you should say, oh, that looks a little bit swollen. Oh. What's wrong there? Get Steph in. Well, get her on there. I mean, yeah. <laughs> get, her the into and get the inside scoop. <laughs> but also the misdiagnosis of Harvey Barnes is another huge issue. Like they had no idea what was going on there. Again, is that a doctor's responsibility or a physio's responsibility? Who knows? Mm. But... I mean, for me, there's certainly something wrong. Well, physio is all about bringing them back, isn't it? Like recuperation and rehab. We're not bringing players back or we are bringing players back too quickly. And again, it's like Pandora's box, isn't it? You could also argue it's Eddie Howe's lack of interest in rotating players. Like beginning of the season, we had ample opportunity to be rotating players and we didn't do it. And now we find ourselves where we are. A number of people have been to blame. It's a bit of a an aggressive word, but to blame for the issues and the place we find ourselves in now. Obviously, there's the unforeseens like Tonali, but I think there's lots of avoidable issues this season. But like I said last time, good job we've got a lot of days free. <laughs> Let's try and get yeah. these players back because we don't play yeah, until the indeed. 27th of Jan now. Two weeks of well-needed arrest. I had another question as well. So obviously lots of talk at the minute on the back of Darren Eels' interview saying that, you know, like any other club, we might have to, due to FFP, sell some of our star players in order to fund further purchases and further team improvement. And that's just the way it works. Like, we'll see much more value from selling a player in terms of FFP than we will increasing revenue, at least in the short term anyway. Hodge, would you be open to us selling a star player, like a Bruno, a Botman or an Isaac, if it meant being able to strengthen in January? Um, it's all a game of chess now on, isn't it? If we want to be playing in with the boot boys and, and working out our FFP, it's going to be full of hard decisions and stuff like that. But I'm not super opposed to it. I just don't want us to be selling to people like Liverpool, Arsenal, Manu. Like I'd much rather see our players go abroad, say if PSG were going to stump up 100 million euros for Bruno, then utilising that money and moving it further, I think could probably be a good starting block for us to strengthen and, and get over some of the hurdles that we have close. It would be hard to do it, but at the end of the day, we are we are now more than just a club. We are a big business and the potential of the business is massive. So you've got to put the club first rather than the hearts of the fans. Yeah, can't become too attached, which is something I always struggle with when it comes to players. <laughs> yep. Yeah, uh, just come back. I just want it back. <laughs> One for you, Gray. We've obviously spent shitloads of money over the last four transfer windows and I think we've only generated well we made a loss of 10 million quid on Chris Wood bought him for 25 I think sold him for 15 and then obviously sold Maxi for 
23 or something yeah Yeah, yeah, like 23 25 so what that's 15 million quid or something in player sales same question to you would you be open to selling a star player if it meant funding our charge for european football in the second half of this season i'm with hodge i think if we sell to the right clubs and not the clubs who we're competing with absolutely i think we need to but i also think we need to be very very careful on which stars we're talking about because if we're talking bruno i think there would be a huge uproar at the club and that is a sheer fire way to lose a lot of fans so yeah i think we need to be very very careful with who they're talking about i think someone like joel linton I know we signed him for 40 million, but we could possibly make a decent profit on him given the way he's playing at the minute. And I don't think he would have as big an impact on the morale of the fans as, say, someone like Bruno, but then obviously the impact that would have on Bruno. It's such a fine balancing act. I don't really envy the people who have to make that decision. You brought me on to my next question as well. I've seen a lot of stuff on social media at the minute, people asking whether they'd rather sell Bruno or Joe Linton. And I'm seeing lots of fans being like, actually, I'd rather sell Bruno because Joe Linton offers probably more dynamism and offers more to his game going forward and back with Hodge. If you had a gun to your head, Bruno or Joe Linton, who would you sell? Get more money for Bruno, I think. I think so. so, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't like either of them to go because I think it might, they're obviously big names in the club and I think they're well liked within the squad. So upsetting that dynamic is going to be an interesting one. But as long as the players know, like, (laughs) <laughs> you're, you're dispensable <laughs> which is never never yeah. never nice to know but yeah I think yeah it's a very fine line that we're going to be treading but I think yeah to answer your question I think Bruno has got more value and I think we'd probably get more out of the money that we could potentially get for him over over Joe Linton not saying like I, I want them to go or anything I think I'd love them to both to stay but if push come to shove that, that's my call what do you think Oh, thanks for asking. No one ever does. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's not really too too different from what you guys have said, to be honest. I think more value in Bruno. Wouldn't want them to go, and the two Brazilian boys. But I also think we need more of a Joe Linton-type player at the club, but also wouldn't be adverse to selling like a Sean Longstaff. I mean, they're not going to be, you know, he's not a star mm. player, star, star player. He'll make a decent bob for him. And he came through the academy, so he cost us now and might free up a bit of leeway in FFP. I don't know, you've got a carbon copy in Lewis Miley coming through the ranks, Lake. We certainly need to be pumping more players out of this academy, though, and fairly sharpish, so we're not having this issue every single bloody transfer window. When you've got Oscar Bob coming on for Man City yesterday and coming up the goods, just shows you, doesn't it? Phil Foden, obviously a product of their academy as well. You need to be working on birth fronts. If you go by uh, transfermarket.co.uk, who are usually pretty good and pretty spot on in terms of values and stats and stuff like that. 85 million euro, roughly, for Bruno and Joe Linton is 42 million euro. So Bullshit. It might just break even on Joe Linton. <laughs> He's definitely worth 50 million quid, at least, Joe Linton. And so you sell him to, like, Saudi Arabia, he'd worth at least 100 million. <laughs> we could definitely have like a bit of a bidding war for him. <laughs> There's a difference between being worth that grey and what you get for the player. I wouldn't say he's worth 100 mil, but you might be able to get that. But it's just, we're in la-la land, aren't we? <laughs> okay, so a couple of weeks off for the boys now. 
rest up, recuperate, try and get some players back. And then we've got Fulham away in the next round of the FA Cup after beating Sunderland. Just want to keep reminding people of that. So, a long old trip for anyone heading down on the 27th. Yeah, 27th of um, Jan. But hopefully we can go and get ourselves a result and we can keep that little flame alive of, of European football or, or trophy wear. And then three days after that, so they come thick and fast after that, we've got Aston Villa away in the league, which has been a pretty horrendous result or, or place for us to go over the last few years. I mean, last year we lost miserably 3-0 there. They're arguably in much better form this season, Aston Villa. So it could be a tough game. We'll be recording after probably the Villa game because we like to do every league game. So we'll do double header of results. So, Gray, give us your score prediction for Fulham and Aston Villa. This is a really tricky one because I'd prefer us to almost play a B team in the cup and go strong. Sound like Hodge. Villa. But are we on for it hiding to nothing by doing that? I don't know. But I mean, Fulham away is going to be really, really tricky optimistic we might sneak a 2-1 win Villa it's a really really tricky game at the minute but given the fact they've just drawn with Everton they're going to have a bit of fight in them maybe a bit of space for us to counter so why not go for another 2-1 win at Villa as well wow I've been optimistic today so why not keep it going back to back 2-1 victories away from home Wow. <laughs> Unheard of this season. You're living in La La Land. <laughs> I know, right? Hodge? Uh, I think it's going to be a cup draw away to Fulham. I agree with Gray. I'd rather play a lesser team against Fulham and have a stronger go at Villa three days later. So I'm going to go draw versus Fulham in the cup, but I think Villa will have too much power and overrunners, I think. And I'm going to say they'll probably get us 2 1 to Villa. Interesting. Although it is one of those games as for them and Brighton, isn't it? There's always serious goals to one team. Mm. Probably overlook that a bit. Yeah. I think we'll sneak a 1 0 away at Fulham because why not? I'm not going to predict a fucking loss. And <laughs> then Aston Villa, I think, will be 2 2 just because. I don't think we ever get any Just of these because. fucking predictions. I don't think we ever get any of these fucking predictions right, so it's kind of pointless doing this fucking section. But there you go. We can dream. We can live and dream. Yeah, I got three 0 Sunderland right the other day. Just want to just put it out money, there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Didn't put oh, any yeah. fucking money on it because I forgot. But there you go. <laughs> that wraps us up for this week. Another defeat for Eddie's house mags, yeah. but hopefully our fortunes will be. In our favour, is that the phrase? I don't know. We can turn things around against Fulham in the Cup and then Villa away in the league. Fingers crossed, though, and we'll see you in the next one. Thanks all for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 